All right, here we go for Soul 102, January 31st. Once again, where did the month go? February's right around the corner. Looking at uh, a high of plus five today, minus five. Heading into the Sports 1440 studios here at West Edmonton Mall and maybe even a touch warmer tomorrow for plus seven. Can you believe the weather for the end of January going into... February. Good morning. Welcome to the Kevin Carey Show. Thanks so much for tuning in. And a special shout out to Bob, who was wondering why we weren't on the air at about 6.58. Bob, we're here for you. Uh, 7 o'clock every morning, big fella, till 11. Uh, again, you know, yesterday we were talking about the uh, All-Star break and how it just feels longer and longer and longer. And I guess that's because the Oilers are on the 16-game winning streak. But... We'll uh, we'll get through this week, and uh, once again, thanks so much to you for tuning in on all of our platforms on Sports fourteen forty on the AM dial on our many platforms on uh, the uh, iHeart Radio and all all the uh, apps, and of course on Sports fourteen forty dot ca. So only six days or a week, I guess, if you look at it, depending on how, uh, if you're thinking about the half uh, full glass of water or the half empty glass of water, uh, till the Oilers play in Vegas and try to extend this uh, streak to 17 and tie an NHL record set by the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, well over 30 years ago. Oilers are even more impressive, and we talked about this extensively for the last three days and even Friday uh, moving into the game Saturday now 14 games straight with two goals or less very impressive very very impressive uh all-star break that means uh some guys are getting some R&R some guys like Leon Dreisaitl Connor McDavid would be I would imagine making their way to Toronto after a couple of days off, wherever they were kind of getting recharged. Tomorrow they have the the draft and and things like that. Duke, do you remember back in 2016? Because today, in 2016, the All Star Game was played. You know what was where it was played? It wasn't Reunion Arena in Dallas, Duke. <laughs> uh, for those of the you that missed our show yesterday, uh, Donovan, the intern, we asked him where the 1986 game was played and he came back just fired up reunion arena and then we went dallas texas dallas texas we went geez that's not making a lot of sense and but it was the nba all-star game that year that's that's just the way she goes all the time man when you're doing live radio live tv and you gotta sniff something out in a second that's what happens but anyway 2016 all-star game was in uh, nashville and this was the big Mm. brouhaha the big kerfuffle where fans and players kind of went rogue. John Scott was the MVP of the All-Star game. So this is where, uh, I don't know if you, what you want to call it. It was a kind of a circumvention where a lot of the players and fans weren't too happy about how things where players got in and John Scott ended up to be voted into the All-Star game. So Scott, and so once they get on the ice, and if you remember John Scott, he wasn't the most talented guy in the league, but yes, he was very tough, fought a lot. Now he has his own podcast, I believe, Duke, does he not? I think he does, yes. Yes. Or I think he, he kind of got a little stepped, hot water. He's kind of in a little bit here over the past week or well, so. Well, I can't remember what it was now even. It was about the Corey Perry. Oh, uh, he, yes, he basically made claims about what oh. was the actual reasoning for Corey Perry's exit from Chicago, which were, you know, 
unfounded, I guess, and uh, <laughs> not provable. Anyway, uh, I think he, and you know what? I didn't know about it until he sort of responded to it, but he didn't really apologize either. No. Anyway, John Scott gets the MVP, and everyone made a joke of how the All-Star game is, and now they, in the last several years, they've tried to rectify, I think, things about how players get in, voting, et cetera, et cetera. But that one was in at the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. Never watched one lick of it. Not one second of the All-Star game. I don't think I'll watch any of it this year either. Probably not. I, I'll, I'll probably, and you know what? Skills competition is Friday night, and you and I have already talked about going to the Alberta Golden Bears hockey game mm-hmm. because that's a big game. Having Huge game. S- the, having said that, it'll probably be starting at about 5 o'clock, I'm sure, this the skills. skills comp. I would think so, yeah, our time. So, so maybe we, take in most of we it can catch what? Uh, venturing you know, down to the Drake. We'll head down to Claire Drake Arena. I think uh, even Schlemmer, the Schlem Dog Millionaire, has talked about going down for, it's a, it's a, these are two big games for the Golden Bears this weekend as the University of British Columbia Thunderbirds uh, check into Claire Drake Arena. The Bears are 16, 6 and 2. Uh, UBC leads Canada West with a 20 and 4 record. That's a program that used to be the laughing stock of Canada West, but in the last half dozen years or so have really turned things around. UBC was just kind of a, a little tick on the calendar because it was always Calgary and obviously Saskatchewan and Alberta, but UBC was an afterthought for many years in Canada West, but the Bears are fourth in the Canada West standings. UBC, as I said, first. So this is the final uh, home game set for Alberta and the Bears trail Mount Royal by four points for third place and uh, they sit six points behind UBC. So the Bears have a little work to do if they are looking at a first round bye. Top two seeds get a bye to the semifinals third and fourth place teams host a quarter final series. I remember back in 2020 UBC was a heavy duty underdog against the Bears came in here and the Bears you know every time the Bears lose a big game in the last you can count on a number of years for for 25 years. It seems they outshoot the opposition 45-15. Goaltender A stands on his head. Goaltender B stands on his head. You can talk about this in Canada West or at the President's Cup National Championship. And in a one-game situation, you can things can go south. In a hurry, that's what uh, has happened to the Bears on numerous occasions. Uh, you know, in various playoff scenarios last night uh did you watch any nba duke last night were you able to check out a little nba i, I watched the indy boston game for a little bit uh, i a did good not game. i actually i i it was a, a non-sports Whoa. night for me kevin i went uh it was beautiful outside so i kind of went for a little stroll around the neighborhood in the uh later afternoon while the sun was still Still kicking around, and then into the evening. You take I, a go cup or what? You must take, no, uh, no, no, no. Take no. a little go cup I, I, and go around the put, neighborhood. Put the headphones in and uh, uh, streamed the uh, the last uh, little bit of the Jason Greger show while yeah. I was walking around. And then once that wrapped up, as I got back to the house, uh, uh, checked in with um, some some new music that I'm. Ooh. 
kind of working my way through. But no, it was a very kind of yeah, relaxed, was, relaxed yeah. afternoon, evening. Because obviously the, the, the slow parts in the schedule like this are pretty few and far between um, mm-hmm. for us here. So it's kind of nice when you don't, uh, you know, you don't have any appointment viewing on the TV for an evening. And then I, I checked into some uh, a documentary for the uh the night, so which uh, or like a news it, one or a sports uh, one? Well, so it's obviously been in the news somewhat recently, but I'd never actually seen the Netflix doc. It was a four part, the Jeffrey Epstein one, okay, kind of yeah. going more into the you know the full history of uh, serious his stuff, dude. V- very, and and I obviously wanted to get a little bit more familiar with the situation, and it's it, I mean it's a very well done doc series, four episodes, I mean, like whatever half hour, forty five minutes a piece <laughs> or so. So that's uh, that was pretty good. Uh, King of Fort Nasty texts in and says, "Good morning, KK and Duke, Carrie." better pre-nap and pre-hydrate if he plans to hit the town with the duke friday night go oilers 17 in a row i think that might you know, be i think that might be flip-flopped i think uh, i need to pre-nap and pre-hydrate if i expect to keep up with kevin schlemmer <laughs> no I, you know those that was a long time ago king of fort nasty um a long time ago when a guy could run a little bit more if i were the duke's age it would we might be just staying at Claire Drake Arena Friday night and, and figuring things out Saturday, go for breakfast somewhere. Some, and some just, great spots near campus to grab a spot of lunch and probably yeah, sleep over in the stands Friday night, head over well there is Earl still on over there? Yeah, Earl's on campus. Yeah, so yeah. head over to Earl's for probably a nice little brunch, then just start pounding them again and then get right at her for game number two on Saturday night. There you go. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that NBA game last night, I thought it was pretty good. That was a good game. Between- oh, oh, I mean, hey, two teams with a lot to play for. Right? Yeah, and we had Jake Fisher, Yahoo Sports, on yesterday, and we were talking about, you know, a couple of teams that he felt that were obviously, you know, ahead of the game. And, you know, he likes Boston. And then I asked him about Indy, and, you know, he was he, he was like, yeah, they got some pieces of the puzzle in there, obviously, with some trades. And, you know, and uh, it was a good game, 129-124. By the way, the Raptors beat Chicago 118 to 107, and then a note from the late game, Philadelphia and Golden State, Joel Embiid hurt his knee in the late stages of that game. Not much of an update regarding how the severity of the knee injury is, but uh, we will uh, maybe get some information on that as we move forward. Edmonton Oil Kings in Lethbridge last night lose to the Hurricanes by a score of 4-2. to two. I'm sure we'll probably talk about the Alberta Junior Hockey League at some point. We Again, these guys, the way they're handling everything, and that's from all levels, all five teams, the league, uh, the only play, the only, you know, the players are suffering here. Tonight was supposed to be a massive game in Sherwood Park. I believe they're still playing it. It's they're, just non, they're playing it, non- but non sanctioned. Yeah. So Brooks and Sherwood Park in yeah. the park. Yeah. And we know that for sure. According to the Sherwood Park uh, social media. Uh, team there. I looked on the website last night on Sherwood Park website. Mm. Didn't say really anything. The fact that it was, you know, they're going ahead with the game. Yeah, the the Instagram account continues to post uh, some graphics and stuff trying to, to promote the game. So as far as I'm aware, it's a go tonight. So non, but non-sanctioned. Non, it's a non-sanctioned game. Because we have a non-sanctioned event. Officially uh, canceled by the AJ. So Yeah, but so a non-sanctioned event. Oh, man. What a mess. Just an absolute mess. I, I did a thing for Camrose Radio, and I go, well, why can't all five teams, you get them in a room and the league, figure things out what you want to do here moving forward. To be honest with you, if I were the league, I would say, "Are and there was that lack of communication, are you leaving for next, at the, at the end of this year, are you leaving? Mm-hmm. 
Well, if if they say we are, then then you you got to just say goodbye. Yeah, take and and that's the you know, that's where the I think a lot of the issue and frustration is is of course confusion. the BC, the BCHL made this announcement uh, what's a couple weeks ago now and then but each of the individual teams come out and say we haven't signed anything this isn't official because they want to stick around they, for they, the rest they, of the year they, they kind of want to have their hands in both pots which yep. I totally get it's the timing of the announcement from the BCHL was I think not very well, good. Well, it was terrible timing. And so, and I, we, you talked about it a bit over the past couple weeks too, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Not sure if it was a leak involved or something, but either way, it's uh, the the real issue at hand. And I think what most people are concerned about is, you know, the actual, uh, the players themselves and where they, they kind of get shortchanged on games played this year. And I mean, these five teams, four of them are the, the top of the AJ standings. Um, but I, uh, it's but again, until so if, until, until a, a solution or a, a final uh, verdict this is been rendered two weeks here, already here. It's something something's got to give it. So you go here. in and you say, "Are you guys leaving? Are you going to play in the BCHL next year?" Yeah, we're all going. Okay, well then, fine. See you later. See ya. Uh, best we of can, luck. Best of luck. We'll, we'll figure out what we're doing. And if you want, you can head to BCHL right now. Go ahead and play. Finish out the season out there. They can figure it out what they're doing. Yeah, but. Uh, poorly, poorly on all sides. Kids lose, fans lose. Terrible situation. Uh, when we come back, we've got Eduardo Encina, Tampa Bay Times. We'll talk about the Lightning for a little bit. Mark Spector, Matt Larkin in the eight o'clock hour from Sportsnet and the Daily Faceoff. Schlemdog millionaire David Schlemko, former NHLer and our co-host from nine to eleven for Cougar Paint and Collision. We will talk with Cam Lewis uh, from Blue Jays Nation about uh, massive signing, not massive, but a big signing with Justin Turner yesterday. And then looking forward, 10 o'clock, who knows, we might be cutting in. We might be cutting into Fantasy Frenzy with Dick Irvin, broadcasting legend, 91 years old, and spent, well, I would say he would have spent over 80, well, 82 years in the Montreal Canadiens organization doing something. Not in the organization, a part of the organization. 82 years, still is. Uh, that's coming up uh, at about 10 o'clock. Uh, when we come back after the break, Eduardo Encina, Tampa Bay Times, and our puck report. That's uh, right after the break on the Kevin Carey Show. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the Puck Report, brought to you by Fountain Tire. Fountain Tire is helping you stay on the road safely with flexible payment plans to suit your needs. You can talk to your local store about their financing options. Uh, Learn more at FountainTire.com as we welcome in Eduardo Encina from the Tampa Bay Times. Back to the program. Good morning, Eduardo. Eduardo, welcome back to Sports 1440. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, looking forward to this little chat about uh, where the Tampa Bay Lightning are, I guess, heading into what is the post-All-Star break push. And it feels kind of like and looks like a team that's kind of ready to make a a bit of a push. Uh, How do you see things there firsthand? Yeah, for sure. I think that, you know, they they had a little bit of struggles, uh, you know, early in the season. I think that, you know, there are two main big things. One, you know, they've, you know, They've they've continued to kind of lose a lot of their depth from their cup winning teams. You know, the, because of the salary cap, you couldn't keep guys. You know, guys like Alex Kalorn uh, this year, a couple years ago, Andre Pilat, a lot of big pieces um, to their to their team. And guys like Pat Maroon and, and Corey Perry were gone too. But um, you know, and, and and so you had to bring in new guys and into a new system. So um, in, in a new room. And then the second part was a big one too, which was you know missing Andre Vasilevsky for pretty much the first two weeks of the season. As he had um, you know, back surgery, so um, when, when he came back and some of the newer guys started to kind of gel, I think you kind of saw 
um, you know, this team kind of come together a little bit. And, then, and really the past month or so, and, and especially really leading into this break, they, they've really started to, to play good hockey. And I think the, the really the, the, the big part of it that's led to it is really that they've really done a better job of, um, of, of keeping the puck out of their own net. So it's a team that's you know, immensely talented. They've got a lot of skill position players, obviously, you know, so some so some really good goal scorers, but um, I think anyone here who watches them on a daily basis will tell you is that you know that th- th- their success is going to really be based on the way they play defense and the way that uh, you know they can keep the puck out of the net and play in front of Vasilevsky well. So Eduardo is Vasilevsky one hundred percent right now. Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think so. You know, I think that you know. I mean, obviously that was a pretty serious injury. You know, anytime you you you're a goaltender and you have to have uh, you know back surgery and and. Uh, you know that's that, that's pretty serious because you know those guys are are so you know everything's so up and down. You know you you're, you're going down, you're you're going across. You know, uh, and Vasilevsky's a guy who um, really kind of learned a lot from this experience. You know, he's a guy who uh, is an immense uh, you know, weight trainer, you know, powerlifting guy, stuff like that. And I think that um, you know some of his injuries have kind of come from that. So I think that. Uh, you know, after that, he's talked a lot about how you know he's kind of ditching that and you know, spending more time on the ice. And I think you know, with goaltender, you know, when they get in their late twenties, you know, you know everything, uh, you got, you kind of got to start to prepare different ways. And I think you know Vasilevsky is as accomplished as he's been. He's kind of learning a little bit now in terms of how to uh, you know how to prepare a little bit differently. Um, and it doesn't involve as much of the weights and stuff like that. It's more. Um, you know, working out, you know, kind of, uh, you know, pliability stuff, you know, mm-hmm. you know, working out within, within the weight of his own body, stuff like that. And he doesn't need all the plates and the, and the, and the bars anymore. So, um, but, but in terms of his play, I think that, you know, you can see that he's back, you know, I think that, you know, it took a while for sure. And, you know, he didn't have a, a preseason. He, he jumped right in, you know, when he came back. So I think it took a good, you know, 15 to 20 games for him mm-hmm. to really kind of, you know, really kind of find that form. But I think right now, you're really starting to see kind of that guy that, that we've been used to seeing for, um, you know, for, for obviously the past several years. Eduardo Encina, our guest uh, on Sports 1440. Uh, one of your recent articles, Eduardo, in, in the Tampa Bay Times, you were talking about Nikita Kucherov and the fact that maybe he's not yeah. getting as much love uh, for the Hart Trophy as maybe uh, you think or a lot of people think uh, that he deserves. But I'll tell you, up here, we sure think that he's uh, definitely in the top two. And Nathan McKinnon might be yeah. number one for a lot of people up here, but uh, yep. the season that Kucherov is having, boy, you got to be very impressed with uh, how he has led this team to this point. Yeah, absolutely. I think, the, you know, it kind of goes back to, you know, the, the initial point here is that I think this team lost a lot of depth over the past couple of years. And, and this year, you know, Kucherov has been a great playmaker for them. And, you know, obviously we, we saw that, We've seen that over the years in the cup-winning teams, and obviously the heart-winning, the heart-trophy-winning season that he had in, in 18-19. Um, and but I think this year he's kind of taken a lot upon himself to really become a goal scorer, and I think that he's almost used it as kind of a chess match in terms of, um, you know, he, he knows with the players around him, with the brain points and the, you know, Victor Hedman's and the Steven Stamkos is around him that, you know, he can if, if he becomes more of that scoring threat, that goal-scoring threat that he's going to open up some space. And he's, you know, when you talk to the guys around him, we were around him every day and, and us, you see him every day. The thing that's so amazing about him is, is just the way he had, the way he sees the ice. And, you know, he might not be the, the fastest skater. He might not be, you know, the, the, he, he doesn't make, he may not be, you know, he's not, not as fast as, as McKinnon or he might not make, make the stick handles like, like McDavid, but the, the way that he can see the ice and the way that he can almost position himself in ways that create, 
you know, opportunities for his teammates and also, you know, create opportunities for him is just, you know, really second to none. And on a team that, that's kind of, like, you, like you said, has kind of struggled a little bit mm-hmm. to, you know, initially to kind of, um, you know, be that, that dominant team that they've been over the past few years. Um, he's really been the guy that's kept them afloat. And I think one thing that also goes um, unnoticed a little bit is just the, the way that he plays away from the puck and the defense that he's played. And, you know, there's been a lot of times this year that they've really been hemmed in in their own end for a long time. And he's been the guy that if, if he can get the puck on a stick, he can break out clean and um, get them in the, in the other end and on the attack. So I think that's been one thing that, that he's really kind of improved his game on too is, along with the goal scoring, it's just kind of, you know, the, the way that, that he's been able to dictate play, you know, 200 feet, you know, along the ice. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be a great, I think it's a great mm-hmm. debate, you know, him, McKinnon, McDavid, all these guys who, <laughs> you know, kind of bring things in different ways. They're so dynamic in, 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 in a lot of different ways. And, you know, I, I think this, this, this race for the, you know, for the scoring title is going to go, you know, you know, barring injury to one of those guys is going to go all the way down to the end. We're so lucky to have all these great players to watch yeah. on a nightly basis. It's uh, truly amazing. Uh, one of the best times in the history of our league. Uh, Eduardo, where are the Lightning with Mikhail Sergachev? Yeah, so, you know, obviously it's been a big loss for them. And, you know, he's been about for probably about a good good month or so and on, on long-term IR. But uh, I think that, you know, he, he's he's back skating now. You know, I think the other, the other day when the last practices before for the last skates, you know, before the break, we saw him with the main group, so that was a big step forward. I think you know the the, the aim is to get him back um, right at you know near the beginning when they start playing again after the break, which is um, on, on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, they have a back to back in uh, against the Rangers and the and the Islanders on the road. So I think that's kind of the focus of, of trying to get him back. He has had some setbacks. It was a, a weird injury, one of those ones where you, you take a puck off the back of the skate, and um, I'm sure you know they thought it would only be maybe a week or so. It ended up being a month. It's about a month now, a little bit more. So, uh, but but he's going to add a big big part big part to to you know getting back. And you know, they've had dealt with a lot of injuries. You know, Sergachev, you know Hayden Flurry, he's a depth defenseman. Um, they lost Tanner Janot, you know, who's a big, you know, you know, enforcer type, uh, you know, bottom six kind of guy. Austin Watson, who's another guy who has a muscle back there and some sandpaper um, to that bottom six. So um, they, they dealt with a lot, a good deal of injuries here, um, and it looks like, you know, this break will really help them get some of those guys back. I think the focus is that you know, some of those guys will, will, will get back, and um, you know, but but the, the good thing for them is that you know. The Lightning have, have been a team that really some of the young guys haven't been able to break through because they've had so much of veteran uh, depth. And now, you know, you've seen some of these young guys kind of come in and, and they've really, uh, you know, done a, a good job. And, you know, like you said, these guys haven't had opportunities in probably the past few years. And now all of a sudden you're seeing them, you know, not just, uh, you know, get those opportunities, but they need to be there. And, and they've really kind of stepped up. Eduardo Encina, Tampa Bay Times, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. And one of those guys, if you could say, can even step it up more than what he has been in his great career, Victor Hedman. And, you know, Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr are probably the top two defensemen when it comes to the Norris Trophy balloting and and the look right now. But, boy, Hedman has really put himself in this conversation. How much has he impressed you this year, And especially since Sergeyev has been out? Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, last year he kind of had a down year, you know, and I think, you know, you get up to that age where you're hitting, you know, your, your thirties, you know, people maybe think, especially when you play the kind of minutes that Victor Hedman's played over the years, 
Um, you know, you kind of think, you know, hey, is, is he starting to regress? But th- this year, he, he's answered all those questions that he has, and um, you know, he, he's been just so big on on every everything. I mean, and, and the thing about the, the Victor Edmund that, that's so amazing is just for a guy his size, how well he can skate. And you know, maybe last year he was dealing with some physical things. It looked like you know he, he was a little a, a step slower, but but this year, you know, he's been that guy. And you know, when, when you mix in the fact that you know they've been without Sergachev. Um, you know, even, you know, going back a couple of years and you know, the loss of, 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 you know, Ryan McDonough is still really something that this team has had to overcome when they traded him. And, um, and also just, you know, the, the, they, they kind of imply, impl- implicated and you know, it created this new, uh, this new defensive zone structure. that was kind of more of the, the, you know, the fancy, uh, you know, box and, you know, box and one zone defensive structure that a lot of teams are going to this year. So he had to learn how to play a different way too. You know, he's been used to playing man, you know, 24 seven. And now he has to kind of, you know, stick to, uh, you know, stick to the zone, these quadrant defense. So, um, you know, th- that was a big thing that th- these guys had to overcome too. But, you know, Victor Hedman is, you know, he, he's one of those guys that as, as much as all these stars are so valuable to him, the Kucher off the points, the Stamkos's, um, you know, Vasilevsky, you know, he's the one guy who probably, you know, might be the guy that they can't miss, you know, because especially with all the injuries that they've had and, you know, on the blue line, you know, he's just so valuable, him being out there. He's played huge, huge minutes. You know, some nights, you know, 28, 29, 30 minutes a night with um, you know, with some of the injuries that, that they've, they've had. So, you know, the numbers speak for themselves, but also when you look at the minutes he's played, um, he's really been, you know, one of the most important guys, you know, again, to, to kind of keep them afloat until they've, they've kind of hit this stretch recently that, that you know playing the really really good hockey again you know he's not quite as big but sometimes he just totally reminds me you know of Zidane Chara at this point you know a couple yeah. inches shorter but a big big guy that seems to have no problem handling the big big minutes and got a lot of miles but he's only 32 and he's got I think lots lots left in the tank as we're speaking For to sure. Eduardo Encina Tampa Bay Times uh, where how happy is Steven Stamkos here heading down the stretch post All Star break? Yeah, I know that you know the, the, the big headlines have you know kind of been you know what what, what his future is going to be in Tampa Bay, and um, you know I know he addressed that you know early on in the season, and but I think you know since then he just kind of wanted to let his play speak for himself, and but there's no doubt that he's he wants to be here, you know, and, and again, like, I think the tough part for him is he's seen all these guys have to leave, you know, I mean, you know, guys like Alex Kalorn, you know, and, and guys like, uh, you know, Andre Palat, they didn't want to leave. They wanted to stay here, but there just wasn't space for them under the cap. And with some of the big contracts that they do have and the investment they've made in not just, you know, some of the core players like Point and Kucherov and Vasilevsky, you know, and, um, you know, some of the younger core guys like Sergeyev and Sorelli and, and Chernak, Brandon Hagel, guys like that, who they've locked up as well. You know, there's just, you know, there's just so, so, so much money. So um, in the way that, you know, I think that the, the Julian Breezeball treated this whole situation was like, like, listen, we, we need to see how this season, you know, shakes out. And, but, but there's no doubt that I think, you know, on both sides that they wanted, we want Steven Stamkos to stay in Tampa Bay that, you know, it, and Steven Stamkos has always, as he's reached all these milestones over the past few years, you know, the, the first thing that he's always said is about how, how great it is to be able to do this in one franchise. And so Steven Stamkos does not want to wear another jersey. I think that it's very clear on, on his end. But um, obviously, obviously everyone knows that it's a business. Um, but I think at the end of the day, they'll figure out a way to work it out. You know, um, yeah, I don't know how the numbers – the crunching of the numbers when you look at it on the surface, like you wonder how, and especially when, you know, Victor Hedman's coming up the next year. Um, 
you know, in, in the next off season. So, you know, how do you keep all these guys together? You know, but um, I think when it, when it comes to Stamkos and Hedman, they're they're going to figure it out. I think that they, they you know, th- th- these these two guys are just too valuable to the franchise, and obviously still have a lot of good hockey remaining in them. Um, but you know, th- when you think about the value of how much that they mean to, you know, the room you know, the history of this franchise and, and Tampa Bay in general, like both of those guys mean so much to this fan base and just this community. Um, I, th- I think they'll figure it out. Eduardo Encina, Tampa Bay Times, our guest on Sports 1440. How busy do you think uh, Julian Brisbois will be coming up in the next month or so and at the deadline? And the one question, too, in the not a lot of draft picks to deal with for in 2024, right. and that one is protected, top 10 protected, I believe, uh, in the uh, Brandon Hagel trade, correct? Yeah, for sure. They, yeah, they, they, they've dealt a lot of guys, you know, a lot of trap picks, you know, for some of the guys that they've got at the deadline, whether it was Hagel or, or Janot. Um, and so their their inventory of, of high-round draft picks is, is pretty depleted. Um, and, you know, every year we kind of talk about it, but every year it seems like, um, you know, Julian's able to make a trade. And um, Like I said, last year it was with Janot and, he kind of got. He added a lot of what what they really needed in terms of that grit on that on the bottom six. Um, I think right now, you know, what would they really be kind of be looking for is some more defenseman depth, um, especially with some of the injuries. You know, you you know, you think Mikhail Sergachev's coming back. You you think Hayden Fleury's coming back, but you really don't know. You know, um, I, I think they like the youth that they have, but you know, when you talk about um, you know to really having some of that battle tested, you know, playoff experience. Um, I think they, they could they could really kind of use some of that. And I think that's probably what Julian's going to be targeting, you know, going in. I think they they like what they have and in, in, in their lines right now and the, the forward mm-hmm. position, um, especially when you get some of those guys back too. Um, but yeah, I, I think in you know at, at the end of the day, um, I think that again, you know, if you get some someone, and this was the, the kind of the goal in the postseason too is you're really getting guys that really help mm-hmm. you. Um, you know, that make you hard to play against. And I think that's really what they've focused on the past couple of years with guys like Hagel and Janot. And I think that's kind of what they're going to continue to, to play against. Because, you know, obviously, as we all know, it's a different game come postseason time. So, um, and I think that, you know, Julie knows that. And he, he's, he's done a really good job of, you know, pulling magic out of his hat sometimes in terms of making some of these deals. Because you look at the inventory they have um, over the years to get guys, you know, over the years, like Blake Coleman and Barkley Goodrow and, and guys like that, and guys that they, they had to give up to David Savard to, to win cups, and um, and even now in the recent years. and um, mm-hmm. But somehow he's, he's always kind of able to make a trade. Uh, hey, Eduardo, thanks for this. Uh, will you watch the All-Star game? Will you watch the skills competition? Anything interesting this weekend? Or are you like the rest of us and yeah, kind of yeah, just waiting? I, I, <laughs> I'll watch it. Yeah. I mean, I think um, you know it, it, the, the, the format that they changed almost kind of every year kind of, I think kind of confuses the yeah. fans a little bit, you know. They just, and but again, at the at the end of the day, you know, it's about the stars, and it's and it's a great event to see them all together and and and, and competing in, in some of these you know skill competition events. You know, I'm interested to see what Kucherov does, and mm-hmm. you know, he he always kind of has something in in his head. You know, he did the the, the no goal a couple of years you know ago when the, the All Star game was in Tampa Bay. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Like you said, I I don't know if I'll be like you know eyes glued to the TV while I'm watching it, but. Um, I'll definitely, definitely take a look at it. I think a lot of people are looking forward to the skills competition because of the million bucks yeah. and things like that, too. So, Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Eduardo, thanks for your time. Uh, enjoy the rest of the All-Star break, and then we really get humming right after the break. Uh, appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of the season. Thanks for this. 
Yeah, for sure. Anytime. Thanks for having me. That's Eduardo Encina, Tampa Bay Times, and our Puck Report, brought to you by Fountain Tire. Head to FountainTire.com to check out their winter tire lineup and brand offerings. You know, it's weird. Uh, you think about all the people that had to get the winter tires and get the storage. You get everything, and the winter that we had, I mean, and right now, even, I mean, everything's almost down to the pavement in a lot of places everywhere, even the secondary roads and things like that. When you head out to the Farm Duke, it's probably just a big mud pile. Pretty soupy. Pretty soupy up and down the QE2 last week several times. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it doesn't take very long. Uh, With the little amount of snow we had over the first couple months of winter, all of a sudden a couple days of around Mm. 10 degrees, it it, uh, disappears pretty quickly. So... Hopefully it's uh, the the local ski hills where, of course, they've been kind of hard-pressed and working hardest to make tough. snow. They can uh, keep things, you know, uh, head above water here to get through this little warm stretch, and we kind of return back to some more seasonal-type temperatures. And then with this water band thing, can't wash your truck, Duke. You can't do anything. I So I, I washed it when I was at the farm on yeah. Saturday. And I, you know, just take it down, park it in front of the barn, bring the pressure wash out and yeah. hose it off. I, I'm like, I know it's going to get dirty again, so I'm not getting down on the hands and knees and scrubbing the <laughs> rims or anything or even put any soap on it. But it it, it was it was dirty, dirty mm-hmm. from uh, uh, the city streets and stuff here. So I gave it a soak. Uh, here we are, whatever, three days later, it looks like I never even touched the thing with a lick of water. So. Yeah, you know, went to the car wash yesterday. Duke had a really long car wash, emptied the hot tub, filled the hot tub up, went over to the community rink and filled the Zamboni, flooded the Zamboni tanks. Just just being a part of this water ban. That's what you love about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just got to do your part. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, when we come back, we'll have some open text time. At the top of the hour, it'll be Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet and then Matt Larkin from the Daily Faceoff, our headliner of the day. That's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. 746, the 740 break here on Sports 1440 means one thing and only one thing. The Brian Adams Daily Dose Again, Duke, I think we got to do a little deeper dive here into the old uh, archives over at uh, our buddy Terry Evans, who just pops in again and wonders what the hell's going on over here when he can't even control things over one booth over in his own show. Uh, there's got to be more BA. Well, there's several pages. Some of them are like live versions. Some of them are, you know, noticeably slower songs. Some are Christmas songs, which we've played. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think we've worked our way through pretty well all the ones that you know are fitting to be played on our program. Hmm. There's a good, there's a nice amount that we roll through them in a good, uh, a good cycle. Like usually, only hear one a week. This like you never hear the same song twice in the same week. I guess not, but I mean, we've had 101 shows right now, Duke. Let's get. We should have. Well, sorry. Well, we're on 102. We should have a. There should never be a repeat Brian Adams song. For well, another, well, for another hundred. I know. Okay, that seems like some lofty expectations. Well, I'm just trying to, you know, have a little, you know, variety around here. <laughs> NHL last night, just two games. There were three goals in the two games. Yeah, riveting stuff. <laughs> and it's so couldn't fu- watch any of it. It's so funny. We were talking on a fantasy frenzy yesterday with uh, Jeff Ulrich, a regular guest we have, and talking some daily fantasy sports and stuff. And you know, looking around, it's just the two games. What do you think? Well, you know, it's a couple bad teams and the Sharks and Columbus, and maybe you can stack up some Blues uh, <laughs> and uh, cracking yeah. players, cracking and kind of turning things around a bit. But naturally, of course, that's never how it goes. Uh, 2 nothing Sharks win, one nothing Columbus win. Uh, the one thing of note, Elvis Merlikens, 
kind of oh, continues to, okay. to play quite a bit. All right, let's just stop this. He's he's play, I, I'm not doing anything other than stating the facts that he has been playing much better as of late, particularly since nope. all this this trade demand that apparently wasn't a demand and yada yada and all the, the tire fire that's coming out of Columbus. I mean, hey, he posted a shutout. That, that, okay. That's just the stats. Yeah, 21 saves for Elvis. one nothing Columbus over St. Louis. Now everyone's going to start saying that the Oilers should be interested in Elvis. The Oilers have... Zero. Uh, they might have a negative interest in Elvis. I agree. So I agree. Don't text it and send some kind of a crazy trade. You know, uh, Phil Broberg, Xavier Borgo, and a first rounder, and this and that for Elvis. It Elvis will never be a member of the Edmonton Oilers as long as the Oilers are in the league and Elvis is in the league. That's simple. Mackenzie Blackwood, on the other hand, who had thirty-two saves last night. Yeah, his track record's a little uh, something you can actually hang your hat on this for the season as a whole. Elvis is 5.4, his cap hit, for four more years. Well, this year and three more. Yeah. The the Oilers have absolutely no thought to bring this guy here. Zero. The only way, I, I mean, you'd have to, like, there would have to be catastrophic injuries in the, in the next month for that to happen. Catastrophic. And I'm not here, right? This is the closest thing we got to Wood to knock yeah, on. So, n- not happening. Blackwood, on the other hand, I believe only has one more year left, and he's at about half the price point when it comes to the salary cap. I'm going to check exactly. I thought it was 2.8. Do you know what it is offhand on the top of your head, Duke? I don't. It is 2.3. So, he's got this year and another one, 2.35. That's a much more stomachable number for a guy that you yes. don't probably want playing, you know. But he's it. he's the goalie there that they want, you know. Well, they for the have Sharks. A tandem. Yes. Oh, 100%. Like, They're laughing at the value. You know, the Sharks might actually be disappointed with how well he's playing because this team is not very good. And we, we talked about it, the, the <laughs> NBA's tank era yesterday with the, uh, Jake Fisher and how it's going to come to prevalence. The players can't tank, and we're seeing that. Only ownership can tank and management based on the players they put on the, the playing surface. Mackenzie Blackwood has kept the Sharks in games. He's won them games single-handedly. Um, he, he's been great. I think there will be a much better or a much uh, – more lucrative market mm-hmm. for Mackenzie Blackwood yes. come this trade deadline because of everything you just said. The play on the season as a whole, the cap hit, the term remaining on it, you're basically getting Blackwood for, you know, um, two and like two quote-unquote playoff runs as a backup slash 1A goalie. And at what is probably going to be a one point, uh, what was you say, 2.3? 2.35, yeah. Yep. So, so a 1.1 yep. and change uh, million dollar cap it. That sounds a lot better to me than uh, Elvis's three mm-hmm. more years for a guy that's uh, been been about as volatile as any starting goaltender in the league. Rich sends in a text uh, last night's one nothing Columbus victory over St. Louis and San Jose's 2 nothing victory over Seattle. Uh, Rich says it was boring hockey, but the outcomes were good for the Oilers. That they True. were. True, but as the uh, old driver in the cult movie Gumball Rally from uh, the late 70s, the Italian driver, as he ripped off the mirror, the rearview mirror, and threw it out and said, what's behind him? He doesn't matter, Duke. So I think Seattle and um, St. Louis are not even a worry for the Oilers moving forward here. 
text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. John says, uh, uh, "Well, he's talking. I think he's talking about Elvis. I don't know. Well, he, uh, or, for he said, for Cam- like a Merzlikens wow. for Campbell trade. Okay, what does that do us?" <laughs> be, be, I don't know. What does this? Where, mean? where do the, oh. where does like keep in mind? Jack Campbell is currently in the minors. And, you know, the cap hit uh, counting against is what it is because of that fact. But, like, Elvis Merlikens is not going to be going to the minors. So, like, you're willing to rather spend assets to get – because then you're going to have to pay more for offloading Jack Campbell plus the fact of, like, the actual value of what Merzlikens is. So the assets paid to bring in Merzlikens instead of spending those assets on a defenseman, top six winger, something akin to that. I, I just think with the limited resources the Oilers have in trade chips, they could be used in so many better yes. places than on a goaltender, especially a goalie like Elvis Merlikens. I'm going to be stunned if Elvis gets traded anywhere. I, I I think I'm in the same boat as you, Kev, 100%. We had a text here, uh, JCD, Elvis to Las Vegas makes too much sense. Why would Las Vegas do that? Aiden Hill's they, been one of the best goalies in the year. They got no this room year. anywhere. Like <laughs> every like the cap room does just doesn't fall out of the sky here. And the the, the Knights are obviously banged up. Yeah. Theodore Eichel, Carlson, Hutton, mm-hmm. Carrier. Um, so you know all that money can in theory be uh, allocated elsewhere. But goaltending, I don't really think is Vegas's issue. Aiden Hill's been great. Uh, that tandem with Logan Thompson has been pretty steady. You know, I understand a lot of publications, websites. This is their job. I, I never really get into all these trade scenarios and all that. I understand that that they want clicks and they want people to read their articles, but ninety nine out of a hundred are just outlandish, outlandish um, possibilities. Uh, you know, just just I, I don't get it a lot of the time. Uh, when we come back, it'll be Mark Spector. On the mark, powered by Booster Juice. We'll also have uh, Matt Larkin in the 8 o'clock hour from the Daily Faceoff. All before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by First Round. Watch the Super Bowl coming up in uh, ooh, 10 days, 11, depending on how you count them. It'll be at the uh, First Round downtown location on 104 or here in the mall that has it all. You could win a trip to watch your favorite team next year. Here is the Duke.